Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have a very special guest. We are here for not necessarily, in my opinion, a very special song. Uh, this is Reloads Better Than You. But, you know, I'm delighted, really, to welcome uh, my Metallica podcra- podcast, Illuminati brother, um, you know, uh, Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast. How's it going, man? It's going good. I did notice uh, Freudian slip there. You almost said pod crap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no our output is is good i think i think it's uh you know it's it's promising and you know you guys it was weird you kind of you kind of came out of nowhere i should say obviously you're from metal your podcast many people will be aware of this. we'll get into the podcast in depth in a sense but um you know i i, I was working on my own podcast for, for what seemed like a while actually i think i had the idea for months and months but i never sort of you know um put mic to mouth as, as so to speak but you know when it came to you guys i was searching metallica podcast i didn't find anything and suddenly i stumbled upon you just before i went live and i was like these these bastards are good it annoyed me i remember listening and being like oh yeah. this, these guys are this is a high quality show i kind of wanted it to be bad and just sort of storm through but like i was really impressed man i became a fan instantly yeah i actually appreciate you saying that it is it's a weird thing when you we had similar thoughts when we discovered you too like oh fuck it's good you know yeah but that don't that lasts about 10 seconds and then you realize oh no it's good that it's good yeah. Uh, and then we can all work together and, and build this great thing, and then it's all good, and there's lots of good stuff for everybody. So it is a funny, like, competitive thing you have at first, but mm. Mm. hopefully it passes quick for everybody. It's it's weird, isn't it? And I don't know if you've experienced it as well. There seems to be something in the universe that suggests that we would have done the podcast at this time. It's like, you know, yeah. us, ourselves do a podcast. There's other podcasts out there. There's probably about four or five Metallica podcasts out there. Um, Speak and yep. Destroy, I know, is a, someone you know yourselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, big and podcast. Chat. Metallic chat as well, but but not only this, not only do these four big Metallica podcasts exist at this era before, like, you know, this is quite recent podcasts, the band themselves release a new album on a world tour, like, you know, it, there's something odd there. I think that had a lot to do with it, maybe, because uh, I know that for Ethan and I, we were so excited about how badass Hardwired is. I think it mm. just got us reinvigorated into the band, and he had to kind of convince me to do it. He had the idea about six months ago, or six months before we started, so actually a year ago now. And every time we would hang out, he would kind of put it in my ear, and I was kind of, I was kind of not. I just knew what it would take to really do it well. And mm-hmm. as you know yourself, it just really does require a lot of time and work and effort. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't sure I'd be able to commit to it, but now that we're the trains kind of left the station a bit, it feels we've got some muscle for it, and especially with yours too i mean if you're gonna you're, you're committed to what like at least two and a half years or something three years yeah i think it's fr- yeah 150 or so songs yeah so pretty much three years um, how long did it take you to go through the uh the tom waits one the tom waits one how long was that that was like sort of mid 2015 to sort of yeah about a year i think about it went to about july july sort of thing but um okay yeah no thanks for the thanks for the promo there guilt-free um, I also, also also did a Tom Waits podcast down in the hole with my man Sam Wiles. So check that out. That was kind of a primer. It's like, you know, when you see kind of bands early work and then you see their main over. And I think Alpha Talic is a bit more detailed, but no shout out to Tom Waits. I, I wanted to ask you as well, because obviously you're a huge music fan. That's what I love about you and Cl- you, you and um, Ethan as well. You just, you know, show this kind of real knowledge of the form. Metallica are one of those bands you could definitely do a podcast on. Are there any other bands that you feel you could do a podcast on? Uh, yeah, for sure. And a, a good friend of mine has started it. <clears throat> uh, we're huge, huge Pearl Jam fans. Right, and I know yes. that I know the Venn diagram on Metallic and Pearl Jam is small, but I'm in um, it. I'm in it. I love Pearl Jam. Yeah, we're all, we're all lifers, and unlike Metallica, who had a ten year heyday before we came online, 
we've all been Pearl Jam fans since day one. So uh, their whole story is very interesting. All their drummers, a lot of drama in the band, their battle with Ticketmaster. Mm. They're sort of very brooding, dark middle records. They're, oh, yeah. That, you know, their longevity. There's just a lot to unpack there. And a good friend of mine started it. He's going to be debuting it real soon. It's going to be called Single Podcast Theory. But had he not done that, I might have done one in the future. I'm so excited for that. I, I honestly, yeah. honestly, I love, I was just thinking today how much I love Temple of the Dog as well, which is oh, kind dude. of tangentially linked to Pearl Jam, if you're aware of sort of the legacy of the band. But that sort of, that 90s singer not singer songwriter but kind of grunge songwriter you know alice and chain Soundgarden stuff it's amazing man that deserves another podcast in itself yeah and if you're of a certain age which we're we're in our sort of early to mid 30s it's just it was like lightning for us man it really did sort of inform we all do music professionally now and when we especially chris's death really sort of reminded us that so much of the music made at that time and chris we, we were actually discussing yesterday on the ride home from detroit that Chris is kind of at the center of that cobweb, Pearl Jam and Temple of the Dog and Mother Love Bone and Green mm. River, and, uh, just how much that music really did shape what we do now all these years later. So, yeah, you could unpack a lot on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd love, I'd love to see on Twitter just like, oh, by the way, this guy is doing a Soundgarden podcast, and it'd be like, oh totally. yeah, awesome. It'd just be like, yes, I'll listen to that straight away. Like there'll be no, no questions asked. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that's the same with Metallica, isn't it? What is it about this band? that have inspired multiple podcasts that aren't clashing, as you say, that are just kind of coexisting. Why, why, why are they that deep? Because they're not really that deep on the face of it. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> it's a good question. One thing that we're finding as we talk to a lot of our fans is that uh, this idea that um, maybe maybe they felt like outcasts or weirdos or like they didn't really have a family to talk to about this kind of thing or to, a place to sort of safely geek out about it. And I think we're just sort of providing that and uh, and then you really just see how it starts to run deep on that level, like feeling like they're belonging to something bigger than themselves. And for whatever reason, Metallica since day one has been able to make people feel that way, whether it was the thrash kids in 1982 or the sort of groove rock kids like me in 1992. And even up until even St. Anger, dude, there are people who came online with that record and that's kind of their record. And it's just sort of a, their music is big enough to make people feel like they're a part of something. And it's pretty special. It's pretty cool. My my mission in life, the sole thing that I want to do throughout this three-year journey, is to convince um, yourselves and Ethan that St. Anger's actually a good record. Okay. It might happen. It, I, uh, I've been listening to it a lot. And I even forced the, I forced the boys to listen to it <laughs> on the way up to Detroit a little bit. It's not really road trip music, but... Well, it, well I, would you say this? I mean... Even as someone who's a fan of it, would you not admit that even as a fan, it's a taxing listen? Uh, I find it quite cathartic. Okay, but I, you, I don't, s- you don't find you don't find it like emotionally exhausting or like it requires a lot of the listener. It requires a lot. It's not it's not like a casual record to put on. You know what I mean? I I find better than you emotionally exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest with you, that's my say. Anger is better than you. Um, oh man! Wow. <laughs> but um, we, look, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this. There's obviously, so much to get into. Um, but I just want to kind of go a little bit earlier for you. And I appreciate you would have discussed this on the podcast, but just for the sake of um, Alpha Metallica, kind of cliff notes. How did you get into Metallica? I know you you were playing them in a cover band, right? But was there any time before? <clears throat> no. In 1991, I was eight years old and. A, a child of MTV, so mm. 
I, I'm pretty sure I just I don't I don't remember seeing the one video, but I do remember seeing the Inner Sandman video, and there was no question, there was no pausing to reflect. I was immediately a fan of that band. Right. Uh, I loved the song, I loved the video, and so from then on, it was just getting the records. And by the time I was uh, playing guitar, 13, 14, 15. Sorry, I'm burping, so I'm having a beer it's at noon. Um, by then, Load and Reload were coming out, and I've said this before, I think maybe on our show, but Load was the first record that came out with me as a fan of the band. It was the mm. first record I looked forward to and anticipated. The first time I was able to go to the record store and buy the new record from my band, you know? Mm. So that's why I think I identify so closely with them. But like like many, many people do, like the Black Album was kind of my introduction. And so I sort of had the fun experience of being able to go back and discover Ride the Lightning, discover right. Justice, and all that stuff, you know? I have friends now that are just now getting into whatever, the Beatles or you know harry potter or something it's like man i wish i could go back and do that for the first time mm, mm. yeah yeah especially i agree with the beatles actually i think i think they've had many podcasts done about them um you know rightfully so but but yeah no when you first get into those sort of things and you kind of like with metallica as well it just boggles my mind i've been listening to these songs for, for you know decades now really um mm-hmm. what why what is it about creeping death that like probably no other song that exists it gets me so excited and i just i really enjoy listening to it still like I, I they have this kind of intangible quality of replayability they're like a pixar of metal yeah i agree I think part of it is nostalgia. Like mm. I don't, I think I don't think you can ignore that. But part of it is that it's just that powerful. It's that fun yeah. and like to me, the, all the it's heavy biblical baby. imagery. Yeah, it's it's heavy. It's kinetic. To me, the biblical imagery part of it's like silly and fun and funny mm. and like brutal and all that stuff. It's just it. They hit on a lot of different levels, you know. And you know, just to get um, to yourself as well, um, you're a musician. Is that correct in Nashville? Yep, I, I make my living as a guitar player. I do. I travel with a, uh, I tour every weekend with like this sort of country dude. And when he's not busy touring, I tour with lots of other people. And then I also do sessions and songwriting and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, that, I guess, that's I guess crazy, I'm pro- man. Somehow a professional musician. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. Um, do you during these sessions live or otherwise? Do you ever encounter any Metallica fans? I do. A lot of the people, so a lot of the people in up in the um, country world in Nashville, the side guys, side players like myself, not the artists so much, but the the drummers, the guitar players, the bass players, were all sort of disenfranchised rock kids who mm-hmm. ended up playing country music because it's really one of the only uh, genres of music you can really <clears throat> make a living in, especially here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we play we play black ended almost every sound check I do. You know, like. Right. Every sound check I do, if they're wanting me to play your clean tone, I'm playing Bleeding Me. Play your heavy <laughs> thing, I'm going to play Pup. You know, like, right, right, right. Uh, I wear I wear Guar shirts and I wear metal shirts on stage. I, I bring that sort of evil flavor to the stage, you know. So, yeah, I do encounter that. And, and invariably, there's going to be a, a local crew hand or fans out in the crowd that see me wear a metallic shirt and give me the horns or whatever. I think we're uh, we're everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you talk about, um, in an interview you did, um, basically having to develop a country guitar playing style when you tour, um, yeah. beefing up your chops. Like, was this a case of, uh, you know, watching a John Petrucci DVD? Was it a metronome job? Uh, some people do it that way. I didn't. I've, even when I was learning Metallica songs, I would just put the record on and try to do it by ear. Right. Um, so when I got to town and started working with these people and getting asked to play on their records... 
I mean, I had I had a knowledge of country music, uh, mainly older stuff, Johnny Cash and Hank Williams, Willie Nelson, Graham Parsons, I would fit in there, some sure. old Neil Young. But that sort of modern chicken-picking style, Brad. yeah, it was a case of just like getting some records, getting a couple of Brad Paisley records or Keith Urban records, mm -hmm. and just sort of digging in and exploring that. And, you know, actually, it was kind of fun. Uh, I think if you're in your 30s and you're still a snob about music, you've still got some growing up to do. So... For me, it was it was fun to explore a different a different avenue of making music and being creative. And then, of course, I had to do it to compete here and to to do my job. So I kind of looked at it that way. It's just professional, just growing my tool belt as a professional. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to urge people as well. You mentioned Brad Paisley there. There's one album of his that I genuinely think is a must listen for any guitar player. Um, play is instrumental album i don't know if you've heard it yeah it's abs stunning absolutely stunning like he just covers a multitude of styles from like surf to jazz to like just sort of rip roaring country you know there's some really like almost prog stuff on there as well uh, crazy album so like if, he's, you know, he's a he's a deep cat man he really is and and uh he loves his wordplay <clears throat> yeah he's clever yeah uh, and, and other stuff that's happening in country music that's actually really legitly dope is like Jason Isbell, if you guys haven't heard mm, of him. Drive-By Truckers, man. He was formerly in the Drive-By Truckers, but his solo stuff, I mean, he's one of the best contemporary lyricists I know of. He's a great guitar player. His guitar player mm, is Sadler mm, Baden. Mm. It's a friend of mine. He's great. Chris yeah. Stapleton's doing some great shit. Uh, Sturgill Simpson is doing some Stur really wow, far out cool stuff. He's the guy. Is he like Nashville? Did Nashville hate him? No. No, everyone loves no. him here. I mean, talk, because he's because because like, he's almost he's almost like an antidote to what's bad about modern country music. He's like medicine for that. So mm. we're all we're all breathing fresh oxygen for the first time in a long time because not only is he doing really good work, but he's doing it and he's successful. He's winning Grammys and he's getting a lot of acclaim. So these guys are sort of re resetting the zeitgeist for what's acceptable in country music and making it better for everyone. And I appreciate it's a, it's a labyrinth in certain ways. You know, it's an incredible place, Nashville. Um, can you sort of break it down for us, who Brits who perhaps don't understand? It's, it's like a Hollywood type thing, or yeah, I I would say it's one of the three places in the states where there is a thriving music industry: New York, L.A., and Nashville. Right. And it, and Nashville is sort of to the music industry what Los Angeles might be to filmmaking. Mm. A lot of records are made here. Um, a lot of songwriters are here. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's not a very big town. It's actually quite small. And, and uh, one of the one of the pillars of success in this town really is your reputation because the town is so small. Mm. So if you're doing well and you're a good hang and you're professional, that would really get you a long way. You shit the bed or you're unpalatable to travel with or hang with, mm. that really will impede you moving forward. And, and, and whereas in a town like Los Angeles, it's so big, you can really get lost. You can be in one corner of Los Angeles doing a lot of good work, but really get lost. Same in New York. There's 11 million people in those cities. Nashville is quite a bit smaller. So, it's, and in that way, it's a little clickier too, which is not as great. But I don't know. What do you think? Is that is that a helpful distillation? Yeah, I I know from, I know from Robert Altman films more than anything. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't sort of and and like I think there's like a sort of American soap opera about Nashville or something like that. I don't know. But, are you um, talking about the? Are you talking about the film Nashville, the Robert Altman film? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, that is a good movie. Um, his movies are crazy. Um, what and, else did he do? Did he do? Uh, did he do Being There? Is that Robert Altman or is that Hal Ashby? 
perhaps he did one with Tom Waits as well. He might have done being there, but um, yeah, I'll just I'll just try and get some Robert Altman films up. But um, I want to just swing back quickly to Metal Up Your Podcast, which is you know something that you do with Ethan, which is you know fantastic. The decision there to do you know kind of single topics, like I quite like the design. Yeah, we we just like you, we we planned for a little bit ahead of how we wanted it to look and what we wanted it to be like, and we had some goals for ourselves and all that. And yeah, we we uh, we wanted it to make sense. We didn't want it to be a, a meandery, you know, drunken conversation with just two dudes. I think that's kind of interesting, but I think what would be better, I thought what would have been better was to actually do have planned out episodes of certain things, rely on our years of diehard fandom, but also still do like we do research before every episode. Yeah, yeah. We have show notes, and we have the. You've mentioned some of the books that you've read through. We have those same books and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we try to make the show as informative as possible. There's still people out there who think we we don't know enough. You know, like we've gotten yeah. some we've gotten some colorful emails from folks, few and far between. But mm-hmm. we've gotten some interesting response from some people who we're not even diehard enough for them. And I politely encourage all of them to start their own goddamn podcasts. So that's just how it is when you're dealing with a fan a band with lots of fans. I guess you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. And, you know, your episodes begin with so many emails that, like, you know, beloved and, you know, people really dig the show. And they're great to listen to, man. They are really, really cool. And um, occasionally there are emails saying, like, Alpha Metallica sent me here or I, you know, discovered Alpha Metallica. Mm-hmm. So uh, I get messages from people like that. So, you know, really appreciate that. Um, as a as a podcast fan in yourself, what, what are the podcasts that you enjoy generally? Uh, well, like I mentioned, I listen to yours every week. I love Thank it. You, um, let's see. I listen to a KISS podcast called Podcast Rock City that mm-hmm. I like a lot. My favorite podcast is a, it's actually an author named Bradyson Ellis. He's famous for writing. Yes. He yeah, a, yeah, he's he great. American Psycho. I listen, I love his podcast, man. He has the long essays at the start, doesn't he? He does these very, what I consider to be actually kind of beautiful yeah. soliloquies before his show. His podcast is about the film industry and about movie culture. And, uh, and I'm kind of a, a amateur cinephile. So, I like his flavor mm. on everything and his commentary on American politics at the moment I find really refreshing. So I listen to his, if, you, if it's called the Brady Ellis podcast, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. There's a, um, a philosopher that I love a lot. It's highly influential to me named Sam Harris. Sam and Harris. He has, yeah. he has a podcast called waking up. I, I love, I love that podcast as well. Yeah. Okay. So you listen to that too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, um, he's also kind of, dipped in a lot currently that our current political climate because yeah. it's such a mess right now but usually I'm, it's I, it's a broad range of philosophy religion yeah. atheism uh, all that stuff a big interest of mine ve- ve- a great talker as well isn't he he's a great conversationalist in terms of the words he picks he you know well, he, has an, yeah. he has a great command um uh, unlike better than you which we should get to because there's been a you know quite a long intro now so we're here with better than you um it's off reload like, just clinton talk us through it for you <laughs> you go well, first. When, <laughs> well, when we start talking about us coming on the show, I think the first song I picked to do is Creeping Death. And then I thought, nah, that's too easy for me. I right. want to do better than you. Because I think I just heard you guys do the episode on um, maybe Attitude. Right, right, you, yeah. I kind of I started to get a little pulse on how you felt about it. So I thought, oh, let's do better than you. Uh, Grammy Award winning, by the way. Is it? Uh, yeah, it did. Well, I, it did. Unfortunately. It does not deserve yeah, to win the I think Grammy. You're right. I will admit that, but it did win the 1999 <laughs> Grammy. Uh, 
against let's see what was it it was against like du host remember that ramstein song uh, i don't but 1999 you are right yeah it was against du host it was against no shelter by rage fried okay. chicken and coffee by nashville pussy um no offense to your beloved place and judas priest bullet train so what else? the only song i know out of that is du host and du host might have i might have voted for that so yeah. better than you but anyway check four off reload i've i can honestly say this i've never not liked it i've liked this song since the very first time I heard it. And uh, I think it's fun. I like that industrial, scrapey... They, they did very, this very cool stuff on the... Uh, well... Kind of. Well, okay, maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe it's coming from that same place, but sonically, mm. I, th- I think it's a little easier to listen to. But mm. they did a lot of cool experimental sound stuff with this record that I, I thought was an interesting flavor for them. Like, Intro to Fixer has that sort of backwards guitar loop. And I like that sort of industrial cool thing they did for better than you. I like hearing that pick scrape. Like it's like they just put their guitars on. Mm. The second guitar falls in line a few bars after the first one. Yeah. I don't know, it felt really live, you know. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and yeah, that's fair. I mean, the groove does build. Um but I don't think it builds to anything satisfying. Um, there are those squeals and pinches. There is kind of this era is, by the way, we have two guitar blades, not just James playing Kirk's guitar, doubling up on things. You know, it's kind of got a bit more that gear stick rock sound, slightly dirty. Um, but I mean, it takes like 40 seconds to get to quite a bad vocal melody. <laughs> I do think the verses are the worst part of the song. I will admit right. that the it takes it dips down a little bit for that verse, which but, you know. In terms of songwriting, the verse can't be as badass as the chorus. You got to save something for that chorus. True, true. And uh, I mean, I get it. I mean, because I've I've pledged my love for the song on uh, on our show. We've, <laughs> we've gotten quite a bit of. I've, I've been defending it for like six months now. Uh, I get it. The lyrics aren't poetry, right? It's no, uh, you know, it's no master puppets or whatever. But sure, I think it's just fun. It's a different flavor. Is it? Uh, is it fun? Is it a different flavor? It's a different flavor from the Black Album. It's a different flavor from Justice for All. I guess. You know, which is what I was real hot on when I got this record. It's not a different flavor from Load, is it, if that's what you're saying. Yeah. It's kind of a... Yeah, yeah. Re, yeah, kind of, kind of similar. I mean, the chorus has a bit of a bite to it, but it kind of... I don't know, just the sort of the, the lyrics, lock horns, like, bury the seed. Like, it's just all very kind of repetitive and... Oh, you know, I love it. You do, but it's so just kind of vanilla. I don't know. I think it's kind of badass. It's badass. <laughs> I, I think I don't. I think vanilla. Let me see. Let me think of. Let me think of the. If I would say anything, they've done it's vanilla. Can't stop this train from rolling. Like nothing brings me down. Like it's just trapped in cliche. I know, but but the but cliches are cliches for a reason though. Because like, you know, I love the can't stop this train. It's like he brought a little bit of that blue, old school blues vibe into it. But it's, I don't know, it's just so, the guitar doesn't know what it's doing. James is such an iconic player, and so much of this is just very, like, they can make a song out of anything if they want to, because they're men, you know, but it's not necessarily great. I actually was watching Some Kind of Monster for, like, the millionth time last night, and when they were, right before, right after James got back from rehab, they were going over the material they'd already done, and he goes, look, we can whip this stuff into shape. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we did on Load and Reload. And Kirk's like, yeah, we did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, boss. I just hate. I hate hearing them all put it down too. <laughs> it's almost like they they other than the two or three that survived from that era, 
the, which they just played fuel the other night in Detroit, and it was a oh, yeah. barn burner. But other than those two or three, they've, they've really sort of, you know, they don't give these, this era a lot of love. And I think the only time they've ever played better than you was like for 20 seconds in a tuning room. Have you seen that tuning room video? I, I haven't actually, no. It's like 2010. They just jam it for like maybe a minute. And that's okay. it. And that's okay. prob- they'll probably never play it. No, know? no. I mean, it remains one of their songs that's never been played live of like 20, Do 30. You- would you be excited to see it live, even though you don't like it, just because they've never played it? I prefer to see Bad Seed, which they also haven't played. Yeah. So you do like Bad Seed? I think Bad Seed. I think Bad Seed ultimately is kind of the crop of Reload, other than Fuel, which is which is very good in memory remains, I suppose, in a certain sense. It's just a bit more tailored. It feels a bit more kind of polished. A lot of Reload is is flabby, and I think better than you again. It has that false ending about three minutes in, and then another two minutes of just. Kirk's like boring, like guitar playing. I, I don't feel it. Yeah, I I can see all of that. I, I'm aware of how the time that I got into this record affects like sure. my objectivity about it. Sure. But I also don't I don't let it bother me. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> because because maybe you feel this way about uh, Saint Anger is um, maybe you feel like man, it's so much more fun on this side of it where we like it and it's fun. Rather than like being bummed about it, you know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. that's how I feel about Lord and Reed. I'm like, dude, just come over to this side of it where it's just fun. It's no big deal. Hmm. Turn it up loud, drive fast in your car, bang your head to it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you feel that way about people who don't like standing or like, just get on board? You'll have a, you'll have more fun. I think objectively. Like St. Anger's better, but I, you know, I understand, I do get it. But if you have to get in your car and headbang and drive to it, like the song should just work. Like it should be quite an exciting song in of itself, like compositionally. And I think better than you challenges none of these great players. But you know, the, the train keeps on rolling as James grimaces out, and you know, it just like, I get, like are, you, are you proud of Kirk in this song? Um, no one has ever framed a question like that to me. <laughs> Am I proud of Kirk in this song? <laughs> um, I would probably, I'd probably have to say no. Right. I don't know if I'm proud of him. I, I think the song. I mean, look, I'm, I agree with you. It's not a mind blower in any department of Metallica, <laughs> but I think that they all bring the same kind of level of what this song needs to the table. I do think the solos. I do. I do like the solo. I don't Aww. think it's a barn burner, but. Uh, I don't know what what can we say about it. I someone what did someone say? A fan, we recently said to our fans like everyone write in and tell us what you don't like about it. We got some pretty interesting uh, lists but about like, that. But like, come on, like you talk about Mike Campbell, you know guitar solos, you know what they mm-hmm. what they're about, what Mark Knopfler, what they're aiming for. David Gilmore, they're not aiming for this noodling, this kind of pre sound check warm up that he gives you. It's just kind of it, it's distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, uh, I I think that they all brought to the song what the song asked for. I really do. I think that what does that mean? Say, well, like, is the song asking for a Dyer's Eve ripper? No. Is the song asking for the poetry of Low Man's lyric? No. It's a it's sort of a swaggery rock and roll plotting. Like someone once mentioned the repetitive the repetitiveness of the chorus. Like, oh my god, do we need to hear that chorus a million times? <laughs> Which I don't know if we do. Maybe we don't. But I, I think the idea of this guy basically obsessed with being better than some someone else, I think the, him saying it over and over right. 
it's to me whatever that character is it's something that character would do this character that's just obsessed with being at the top locking horns pushing and striving somehow i feel more alive bury the need for it bury the seed bury me deep where there's no will to be better than you it's like Hmm. i think it's actually kind of deep dude i really do right right (laughs) we're here for plurality of opinion definitely and like i I appreciate (laughs) um you know your your positivity here and you know obviously no one's better than anyone in terms of opinion it's just opinion as it is but yeah it's not it just doesn't really like again the solo as i say is quite embarrassing nothing to write home about it kind of speeds up at the end but it's quite empty uh unengrossing the drums everything's kind of i don't know it's just this pallid color that kind of like taints reload for me it just Dude, the, ba- the band you, go on would you like would you like the song more if it had better lyrics like is it the lyrics that bum you out the most what it's, if it had a really kick-ass lyric? Would you actually, like the song more? It's actually probably the riff that bums me out most. Go, 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 go. Yeah. It's it just kind of like an Alice in Chains bridge or something. It just doesn't really kind of... I don't know. It's not It's not all for Metallica. I want a bit more of a chug, I suppose. A bit more of speed. Um, but, I mean, look, the song's there. It's in amongst a bunch that... Down the alphabet, I'm going to rip into these songs as we hit them off. So, you know, get ready for the Sliver Massacre in, you know... Uh, february 2020 but uh here we are we're doing the better than you here any any parting words on better than you clint um i guess my i guess what i'll leave saying is this songs are like pizza they're all in the fridge and they're all there for you and the good news is you may feel differently about it in 10 years or 20 years or five months and just thank goodness they're all there for us to dip into and check out i'm finally doing that with saint anger because i'm so excited about metallica right now and I've just exhausted everything else. And I'm so hungry to listen to this newer stuff that I haven't really spent a lot of time with that I'm dipping into St. Anger and I'm feeling better about it than I have ever felt. Right. So for those of you that are that are down on it, just give it a chance. Put Dip in with it. Like, don't, don't write them off, right? Like, this must be a good thing for you, even if you don't like Slither. It's forcing you to go check it out again. And that's good, right? That's good mm. energy. Mm, mm, mm. Even if there's no new revelation. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just always good to be listening to the band. And talking of listening to the band, like, how many times have you seen them live? Not a lot, dude. Only four. And two of them have been on this Worldwide tour. We met some people the other night in Detroit. It's their 50th, their 60th shows. Jeez. I mean, I I called them all insane, playfully. But I was like, you guys are straight up insane. Yeah. I don't even know logistically how you can live your life doing that. I wish I could, but, you know. It was really hard for me to just go to two. Are you just going to the one in October? Yes, yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing them in Birmingham, UK, October 30th. Very excited for that. But um, talk to me about the most recent time you went. It was only a few days ago, right? Yeah, we went to me and uh, my co-host Ethan, hmm. and then our good friend of ours, Paul Moak. We drove up. It was seven hours from Nashville. We met at four in the morning, <clears throat> drove all the way up there. We did an episode of our show from a bar right across the street from the stadium. We gave out a bunch of our our stickers and koozies and merch and we did a live show well it wasn't live but we had fans come up and be on the show with us and then we went in and we uh we know some of their uh crew we're friends with their camera guy one of their pyro guys so they were able to get us in backstage and show us um kind of show us the underbelly of the world wire tour we didn't get to meet the band or anything but uh they told us all about the screens and how many trucks and buses they have and how the pyro works and how they drop ship the fuel and um we, i mean we're so nerdy that while we were backstage someone by was like oh that's lars's drum tech yep like oh that's the girl who films lars on the 
it's always on the stage filming Lars. Yep. You know, like hmm. we were all pretty excited and uh, watched the show. And if you know anything about the Worldwide Tours, at least for the stadium tour, they're pretty much playing the same set list except sure. for three three rotating slots. So two of the rotating slots, um, we got Fuel, which I've already seen, and then we got Motor Breath. But the big treat for me was in the third slot, we got Blackened. Mm. And it was great, dude. You're going to love it, Tom. When was the last time you saw him? Never seen them. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Never oh, seen wow. them. So. And you're, are, you, are you a fan of Hardwired? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm on the Death Magnetic is better side of the argument. Okay. Um, cool. And I think Hardwired is very much a kind of classic double album. First is way stronger than second. Um, yeah, I agree. But yeah, no, I, I, I like the Hardwired direction that it's gone in, like no doubt. And the band seem to be like really on their form lately. They're a joy to see play live, on, you know, on YouTube. But physically, is going to be uh, it's going to be pretty emotional. I think if they when they kick into certain songs, it will be just quite a powerful, you know, just <clears throat> insurmountable kind of feeling. And you know, I am really looking forward to seeing them. Obviously, if anyone's going to the Birmingham show, let me know. We can meet up beforehand in the kind of forecourt of this kind of metropolis stadium, and it will be good. But um. Clint, you know, broader, I guess. What is your favorite Metallica song? Um, well, I just I have sort of a stock answer, which is actually just true. Uh, pound for pound, my favorite Metallica song is Creeping Death. Yes. Uh, number two is Black, and number three is Master Puppets. That's my trifecta. Yeah, it's a strong. That's strong trivia. Um, currently, the song I the song I want to play every time I, I dial up Metallica is Spit Out the Bone. That's the one I want to put on. That's the one I'm most excited about right now. And you guys are probably going to get it live. They've, they've been cooking it up for the European tour. Oh, shit. They play it almost in every tuning room. So, And there was one arena show in the States this year in New York at Uniondale, and it was by far the, the most interesting set list. So I think you guys are going to get a lot more flavor than we got on the stadium run. And what about your favorite Metallica album? Favorite Metallica album is Ride the Lightning. Mm. Because that, the, the songwriting... The, you know, the the two kind of outliers are Trapped Under Ice and Escape, which I even like those songs. But the the powerful songs on that record, I mean, The Bell Tolls, Creeping Death, Ride the Lightning, Fight Fire with Fire, Call of Cthulhu. That's just, to me, that's the the best, some of the best uh, melodic writing, riffage. I don't know. It's I never really was a puppets dude. I don't know mm. why. I really, to this day, don't know. I love all the songs on it, but... Ride the Lightning just kind of captured me, man. Because like I said, for me, it was Black Album. So when I went back to that thrashy stuff, that was a mind blower to me. Like People talk about being disappointed in how different it was when it was Black Album, groovier, slower, rock stuff. Uh, it was that difference for me, but just the other way around, you know. And when we're talking about um, Metallica as a band, your favorite member? Hmm, well, I got to go with James Hetfield. Old Papa Hat, just because he seems to be, seems to be the artistic center of the band. Oh yeah. Now I have definitely come around to really appreciating, uh, in ways I really never have, what Lars brings to the table. Sure. Not only in terms of compositionally, he kind of takes all James's bags of riffs and really does make these songs that we love out of those, but also his passion, his drive, his very clear dedication to the band that through thick and thin, never wavered. Mm. I'm seeing that more clearly now than I did maybe 10 years or so ago when I kind of thought he was annoying or, you know, when he frustrated me. I feel a lot more gratefulness for him. 
Yeah, there's no doubt that him and James are the engine that drive the band, really, um, in so many different directions. But, yeah, they are the core um, set there. And uh, this has been great, man. This has been, you know, awesome to have this meeting of the minds, as I said to you before, like, you know, to have these two minor Metallica podcasts kind of cohere. And obviously I will be having Ethan on next episode, actually, uh, to dig into Blackened. So check that one out as well. That's a song that I more kind of, you know, uh, wholeheartedly adore uh, than despise as better than you. But it has been too good to pick through this. Please let us know what you think about this song. Comment below. Get in touch with us at MetallicaPod. We've got the Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash MetallicaPod. Check us out in the description as well. And I want to give a huge shout out to Metal Up Your Podcast as well. Where do people find your stuff, man? Uh, we're on we're wherever you find podcasts. We have a website, metalupyourpodcast.com, if, if that if you can't find it on the other spots. But it should be pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. And, and we're on all we're if you want to keep up with us on the, all the social stuff, we're on all that too. Instagram and Facebook and whatever, all that stuff. We're all on all that. Mm-hmm. No, it's been great to have you on, man. We'll have to um, do a J or K letter sometime or something like that. You know, just sort of come <laughs> back. back in. Yeah, yeah, just come back in a year and just uh, dig into whatever's there. But um, no, this has been great. And as I want to say as well, people, everyone check out Metal Up Your Podcast. Shout out to those guys. Great podcast to listen to, especially as a Metallica fan as well. What what episodes you got coming up, man, apart, apart from the sort of tour ones? Uh, the big ones we're doing uh, this year is we're, we're, we've saved our uh, St. Anger. We, so we've got St. Anger coming up, Some Kind of Monster. James Hetfield, um, we've got Injustice for All and Reload. Those are sort of the big five. And then we've got some feelers out to, uh, there's a the dude who lives in Nashville who mixed Master Puppets. We've got feelers out to him. We've got feelers out to Greg Fiddleman. So we'll see. We've got the drummer for Slipknot that might come on. Mm. We've got you lined up to come on, which right. is, I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, we, we're not that far planned. Um, we're usually about a month out of what we know we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you sort of have your template of it's alphabetical and yeah, yeah, pepper and guess and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. How far, how far out do you plan usually? Um, maybe a few weeks or so. Okay. Kind of, you know, I'll record the next three episodes, and then with the guests, that depends. Kind of, you know, put them on the Patreon a little bit before, and then, um, you know, recently had Ray Burton on as well, which was yeah, um, so cool. Yeah, really good interview actually. Really good to have the guy on as well. Um, so shout out to that guy. He's just been, you know, just came out today actually. So be interesting yeah. to see where it stands a bit later on but you know it was a true joy to have him on and to go and discuss those things and as with you man seriously um you know one of the great things about doing the podcast is meeting people like yourselves you otherwise wouldn't speak to and just you know uniting over this thing we both love and i am really looking forward to it. i'm not quite sure what we're going to do when i come on your podcast but it will be fun to you know discuss whatever you guys want to dig into that'll be really really good yeah man thanks for having me like oh. i said we're really big fans of the show so I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm glad that, that people are listening and checking it out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been it's been fantastic. And finally, how do people get at you? Kind of your own personal sort of musician uh, following. Uh, I have a website, ClintWellsMusic.com, and on that website you can see tour dates, and you can see co- songs I've co-written with other national songwriters, and you can see my little dark, moody, smitsy, ambient songies I write for right. me, and you can see videos and all that shit if you're interested. ClintWellsMusic.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Well. Guys, I want to thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back, as I say, next week for Blackened. Really looking forward to that. Please follow the show. Please subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow Metal Up Your Podcast. Don't listen to Better Than You. Do listen to it. You know, maybe you've despised what I've said. Maybe you've adored it. Who knows? I want to thank Clint again for joining me. And I want to see, you know, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. All right. Peace.